Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Sherjarko, and this is an oft-requested, much-anticipated episode about Supernatural with staff writer for the show, Megan Fitzmartin. It was such a treat to talk with Megan about her experience working on Supernatural, and I think any fans of the show and any aspiring TV writers will find this episode invaluable. Megan is a rock star, and since working on Supernatural, she has done writing for DC Comics' Urban Legends, the film Justice Society World War II, and the podcast Passenger List with Callie Marie Tran. If you haven't yet, make sure you check out all of those things. There are a fair amount of spoilers in this episode, so if you haven't watched all 15 seasons and you don't want to be spoiled, you may want to go binge some Winchester content before you listen. We do talk about stuff that happens in the last season and the ending of the show a little bit, so just beware. Thank you so much to our patron, Rachel Berman, who upped her pledge, and to all of our patrons, especially our producer-level patrons, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, Caitlin Van Horn, and Michael Beck, all of whom I would drink box chardonnay in hell with. If you would like to join this band of supernatural creatures, come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can get access to all sorts of extras for as little as $1 a month. Without further ado, here is episode 85, Supernatural with Megan Fitzmartin. Megan, thank you so much for for doing this while your brother's in town. Um, yeah. I feel I feel bad, but uh, no, no, don't feel bad. This is his fault for just showing up on my doorstep. And <sighs> and you know, I was just thinking. Speaking of sibling relationships, <laughs> perfect, amazing, wonderful. Thank segment. you, thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about one of the best sibling relationships on television. Heck yeah! <laughs> which is in the show Supernatural. Yes. Thank you so much, Megan. We've been talking about this for a long time, and I owe you a lot of <laughs> a lot of thoughts. I promised. I promised. You know, like texts every day and essays no. and. And uh-huh. I didn't. And I got and nothing. I, I didn't so I, follow through. But I, I did. Have high expectations of this. Of this I know. Story. I know. But I did start. I did. I do have a Google Doc that was like okay. the start of an essay. So I will send that to you. But I didn't uh-huh. want to spoil it. Right. Um, right. Of course. Because we were going to record this episode. I like that you didn't want to spoil a show that's been on your thoughts on a show that's been on for 15 years. Yeah. I, done. I appreciate, I appreciate I that. didn't want you to have spoilers. Thank you. you know what? <laughs> of, that's of, so nice. Not of my people. thoughts, which, which is obviously <laughs> the most important thing. And yes. when people oh, think about supernatural they're like oh i wonder what emma sherjarko has to say about they this should, show though. i do i'm very <laughs> curious um well i'm really excited to talk about it with you um listeners for those of you who don't know um megan fitzmartin was a writer on this show supernatural which you may have heard of um <laughs> the the longest running fantasy sci-fi show i think in american um, television yeah. in american television well but longest running uh sci-fi fantasy ongoing sci-fi fantasy show in american right. television which is why i think how we in all of television actually because if we say ongoing that's how we beat out doctor who right yes that 
that that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see how long the reboot goes before they take another break. But that's right. Oh, exactly. I mean, right now the plan is just to keep going until Jared and Jensen's kids can be on the show. And yeah, then yeah. And then nail kids will run it, and that'll yeah. be great. That'll be great. I love it. Um. So yes. So because everybody wants to know, uh, my story with Supernatural yeah. is <laughs> is that I hadn't seen any of it. Well, I think I'd seen like scattered episodes of it. Sure. It's on um, TNT all the time. So at some point you'll see. Yeah. Exactly. But I hadn't watched the whole thing through, didn't know the full story until 2020. And um, <laughs> and there was a, a lot of time at home. And uh it was it was honestly uh like the best quarantine binge. I mean mm. it took me a while. I I I did it in like a few bursts. Right. Like, sure. You know, you know, I think I did it in like three, three parts, you know, not not exactly perfectly like in thirds. Um, But I was shocked by I mean, I knew that it was going to be good because you work on it. And I'm very excited to hear about your experience, you know, becoming involved in the show um, a little bit later in its life. But, you know, I I wasn't expecting I was expecting to, like, think it was fun and enjoy it. Right. But I wasn't expecting it to like be as good as it is and as emotionally devastating as you end up getting at such weird moments yes absolutely totally emotionally devastating hilarious Mm -hmm. some of the like most creative and fun formulaic or form like the format of certain episodes is just like so innovative and cool and that was just something I wasn't expecting, and um, and I was so thrilled. So um, before we dive in, and I do have wine thoughts as well. I can't wait. Yes, uh, I tried. I tried to to give pairings to most of the main characters. There's oh, even better. There's there's a lot of them um, yes. over over the years, but definitely like the the core main cast, right. obviously. Yes. And I'm 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 excited to talk about that. But before we dive into that and some of my other thoughts, I just want to hear um, if you don't mind sharing your experience about how you became involved on the show, yeah, and how how it was coming into it, what what your experience w- with Supernatural was before you started working on the show. Yeah, sure. So I I started working on the show in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. The new showrunner Andrew Dab was my boss, and so I started yes. working as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he started as showrunner, he had been on the show since season four. Whereas I, right. the show started in 2005. I was still in high school. Um, yeah, so was I. Yeah, I was uh, also not allowed to watch it. And um, yeah. <laughs> so that's always a really sort of like fun uh, background story. Also the background of uh, like I went to, I think we've talked about this before. I went to uh, Bible college to be a youth pastor. Right. And yes. whenever I tell people like, yeah, so I went to Bible college to be a youth pastor. And then I worked on Supernatural. It's very much. I love like, that. So a swerve a bit. Like it, it not really because it's very. no. Yeah, I love that trajectory. And and one thing that I was that I wanted to talk with you about um, is part of my not like worry about watching the show, but it was just um, because I'm not like a religious person necessarily. Sure. I would describe myself as agnostic, sure. and I um, and I knew that Christianity was a big part of the show. Right. But what I ended up loving about the show is how it's treated as like a mythology yeah 
And and so that's a way to bring in people who are not necessarily of the Christian faith yeah. and still have them super involved and super invested in the characters and the stories. Um, well, because there's so much, absolutely, like there's so much yeah. about Judeo-Christianity that is yeah. just embedded in a lot of just like American, like Western American thought. Um, yeah. And so it, it sort of does permeate the mindset whenever you're doing a sort of Americana show. Um, yes. And I mean, that's also how I like did originally get into the show. I think I started watching it. I watched the first couple episodes secretly because I wasn't allowed to watch it. Right. I love it. Um, and then, <laughs> and then I would like stop for a little bit and then I would binge it. And um, I had a boyfriend in college in like Christian college who loved mm-hmm. it and was like, you have to watch mm-hmm. the show because yeah. it was doing the thing like that a lot of like correct theologically Christian cultures are doing now, which is deconstructing right. and like supernatural yes. was absolutely deconstructing a lot of the like thought processes and a lot of the like sort of image based things that aren't biblical and aren't theological and like therefore sort totally. of just reconstructing them in a way that I, that is really beneficial and was really interesting. And so I watched it for a little bit, but I didn't like get caught up or super into it until I moved to LA mm-hmm. and just sort of like needed a way to plug in, I guess. Like I was sort of untethered sure. and the show had always been a part of my life, just whether or not I was watching it consistently or like, or like binging it. Totally. And so I like caught up all the way at the, to wherever I was at at the time and just have been really consistent with it. And and it's been, yeah. it, it was just a constant companion. And, and also like, brought me to a lot of my really good friends like my um friend who I'm still really close to who I lived with for a little while she mm-hmm. and I bonded at a at a one of those like swanky dumb parties in LA that you always hear about it was like at a rooftop bar or whatever and we were both super uncomfortable and totally we were like do you like Doctor Who and Supernatural? Well, I guess <laughs> hang out and talk. Um, and became one of my really good friends that I'm still like very close to to this day. And so like, it's, I love that. Supernatural has always given me like a lot of these really lovely spaces and moments. And so then when I was I was looking to jump onto uh, a show, I, I, I knew that I needed to jump onto a show as an assistant. Um, mm-hmm. I, I knew that Supernatural was hiring and I in my head was like, I really want to be a part of this thing that has given me so much over the years and uh, would teach me so much because I, as we'll get into, there's a lot of uh, really amazing stuff to learn from genre writing, especially in it. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. And there's part of me that's really sad that I, I didn't watch it for the most part while it was on. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I ended up catching up so that um, the, when the last half of the last season Yay. was airing, I was caught up. So yeah. I felt like I was experiencing experiencing it with the fandom. Yeah, you still got a piece of it live, which is really cool. Exactly, and that was and that was really cool. You saw my episode live then. Yes, I did. I was Yay. I was so excited every time every time um, I saw your name. I was like, ah, <laughs> yay. <laughs> yay, Megan. Yes, and we'll talk about. Um, I'd love to talk about. You know as you said, what it's like writing for a genre show like that yeah. and, um, and, and how you, how you built the episodes that you wrote, yeah. um, in a, in a show that has what, like 320 something 327, episodes? I believe 26 or 27. I wouldn't know that off the top of my head, except I was just 
look, I was just doing a little research and, no, no, and, you're, and saw yeah, that. You're fine. <laughs> I, I read all of them. So I'm sort of constantly like in my head. Right. Like, all right. So this is not like where, so I, I, I feel you. I feel, I feel that. Totally. Um, so uh, one, one other thing before we, before we decided to sort of dive in, um, this is one. So on, on our Patreon um, at the $5 and above level, uh, it just, just, Quick plug to those of you listening. As you I do offer um, personalized pairings, so you can ask me for a pairing for a show or whatever that I haven't covered yet on pairing. Um, and somebody, um, Serena Ortiz, um, a lovely, lovely patron of mine, um, she asked me a couple years ago for a pairing for Supernatural, and I was like, "Oh man, well I, I haven't seen it. Like I know, like I know right. what it is." Um, but what came to mind for me, and I still like this, even having now seen the whole the whole thing, <laughs> um, is there's a wine company in California, and they're called Scar of the Sea, uh, oh. which is just a great name. That's a wonderful first name. First of all, wow. Um, but it's uh, two it's two winemakers owners, and their name both of them are named Mike or Michael, huh. I think. All right. And um and so they're not brothers, but they're like really good friends and mm. I was I met them once when they came to Colorado when I was working in Colorado and they just had like this really nice camaraderie to them. Mm. So that was the first company that was like the first wine company that came to mind when when um she asked me for this for this pairing and um and I still like that. Yeah. I think I think those wines are good and I also like it because um speaking of like Americana, there's so much of Americana and kind of urban legends in the show that I wanted to kind of stick to mostly American wines as much as possible. That's smart. I love that. Yeah. And also I feel like, you know, not that I, I don't think Supernatural like has a bad reputation or anything, but I feel like I feel like um, sometimes American wines aren't given the credit that they're due yeah. in the rest of the world. And I feel like Supernatural doesn't always get its due to yeah. those like like critically quote unquote um maybe there's definitely a roguish yeah like a roguish feel to it that like it, it doesn't get like it doesn't get awarded it doesn't get nominated and like right yeah yeah for sure which i which i think is dumb and uh <laughs> it should have it should have won all the awards but um <laughs> i agree but, i mean we had some astounding acting we had some astounding writing absolutely. like some astounding directing that it's sort of like a it, 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 this is a, a perennial issue for like the academy in general like just generally yeah. doesn't do genre stuff and it's really upsetting because it's like the, that's some of that's where you get some of the most inventive storytelling and some of the most inventive performances Absolutely. Uh, and like I was saying, like, I really think I really think some of the most um, creative and inventive mm -hmm. storytelling that I've seen on kind of mainstream television in the past while was were episodes of Supernatural. Mm, and yeah. Um, yeah. And so I I just that's my that's my general takeaway is I loved it. So into it. Amazing. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Good. As you I said. was so I was so glad to to be uh to to become a part of it. Yay. Um at the at the at the end there. Yeah. But yes, okay. So let's see. Yeah, okay. So we were so you were talking about genre television and when I when I was watching it at least, especially at the beginning, like at a certain point, it just kind of became what it was for me. But at sure. the beginning, I was like trying to relate it to things that I had seen. Right. And yeah. 
And um, and so in a lot of ways, I felt like it was a little bit of a spiritual successor to Buffy or mm. like things things like that. I think that has a lot to do with there were a lot of actors from Buffy like yeah who make cameos in sure. in the first few seasons like I I can't remember everybody but I, I know James Marsters and Charisma Carpenter and Amber Benson all all show up and I love yep. I loved all of their episodes and their stories um but that was that was one thing um you're probably you're probably going to like roll your eyes at me but um I was I before this I was a big Gilmore Girls fan I'm still a big Gilmore Girls of fan yeah, but yes, yes. But um, but so I knew Jared Padalecki from that. Of course. And obviously yeah. it's really confusing going from being a Gilmore Girls fan uh-huh. where he's Dean to uh, to Supernatural where um, Jensen Ackles is yeah, Dean he's and he's not Sam. Dean. And he keeps he, yelling it, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very confusing. Very confusing. Um, but but I hope I hope you'll at least get a chuckle out of the fact that um, at first I referred to Dean as fake Dean, Sam mm, yes. as true Dean, uh, <laughs> John John as dad Dean, because Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Ah, um, and uh-huh. and I think eventually I started calling other people like different kinds of Deans. Version. I got over that. I got over that after the first you few have episodes. To have some way in. Like you have to have some way because they're all so pretty and like you just yes. have to sort of get get in there in any way you can. So I get that. I understand. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and so and so speaking of Dean, let's let's uh, I'll do my first my first mm. character pairing for the great Dean Winchester. Yes, played by uh, the extraordinary Jensen Ackles. Truly, a man who continuously Truly. makes me cry with all of his performances. Oh my God, he's yeah. so good. He's so good. They're well, both they're both so good. Oh, they are. They're oh, all absolutely. they're all so good. I mean, as an actor too, watching the show, it's just like thinking about how you live with this character had these characters for 15 years yeah. and 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 keep it fresh and keep it keep it true and it's just so fun to watch them playing together off of each other and the ups and downs and everything and yeah i mean they they really truly like learned how to embody their characters in a way i was just talking to someone yeah. the other day about like how as an actor i think you sort of pull in I don't know this. I was talking to an actor, so I, I sure, I've sure. Heard, so you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But like, I as, don't know. As an actor, <laughs> you sort of continuously like pull out parts of yourself to give that mm-hmm. character, and that's also just what happened over the course of 15 years. Is there were so many parts at the end of 15 years. There were so many parts of those characters that were just as much Jensen and Jared as they were like the character like separated from them. Like they they gave so much of themselves to the characters that. I think also helped. Absolutely. And I think and I think you can tell that. You yeah. know, I think you can tell how connected they are to their characters and to the to each other and their relationship yeah. to each other. Um yeah, um, that's that that's all I'll say for now. But yes, as as someone who who got to who got to play a role this is, this is obviously very very different, but but I I was lucky enough to get to play a role for three or four years. Right. Yeah. And that was amazing. And and I grew so much with that character. And right. and definitely what you're talking about, pulling pulling parts of yourself out mm-hmm. and, and like also that character becoming parts of you in a yeah. way. Yeah. Because from the writing perspective, you end up writing towards the actor as much as like Absolutely. It's just, it's just easier sometimes just to be like, oh Absolutely. Yeah, no, you are like this and therefore Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. 
get the scene Winchester. No, 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 no. I love I love hearing that. I love hearing that because I I can only I can only imagine like from a writing perspective what's that you know if you've got a, a a character who is played by just one actor you know canonically then yeah like you learn the strengths and weaknesses of those actors like the right. reason you start noticing humor and like it's because the writers realized fairly early on, but like not immediately, but fairly early on, the writers realized, uh, the early writers realized that uh, Jensen could tell a joke really well and like yeah. is very funny. And I don't think that that, I mean, that wasn't necessarily what he was brought in for. That wasn't necessarily expected, but right. like seeing that he could perform a joke, it was a thing of like, Oh, so Dean is funny because Jensen is funny. Right. Um, right. And yeah, like similarly with Jared, where it was just sort of like his, uh, very smart man and and so it's sort of like pulling those pieces in of like oh yeah no it makes sense that like sam would also be this way you, yeah you lean into those performances and stuff like that yeah no i love that that's fascinating to hear it's fascinating but yes but let's get let's get back to uh the most important thing which is what what wine yes. these characters would, yes. would drink <laughs> i love the um, idea of dean winchester drinking wine like at all what right a, what a, right what a humorous image. Well, and so I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I think Dean has to be Cabernet Sauvignon, the like classic mm. American Love this for him. Red wine. It's very dark. Yeah, it's got dark fruit to it, but it's but it can be, you know, it can be it can be super heavy, but it can also be a little bit lighter. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I hesitated is because Cab, especially in Napa, like has sub- such a reputation for being like really fancy and elitist. Mm. And that's definitely not Dean. Right. But I'm actually drinking a Cabernet right now from Paso Robles, which oh. is a little bit further south. Yeah. And they make great cab there. It's much less expensive. It's way less ostentatious. Mm. Um, and I feel like I feel like Dean would like drink a nice and like this bottle that I got, um, I wasn't sure I wasn't sure how it was gonna be, but it was like eleven dollars. Amazing. And and it's good. It's really good. So oh, I feel awesome. like I feel like Dean would go for like this kind of cab. Yeah, um, yeah. Dean would definitely be like the Paso Robles rather than the Napa. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch him necessarily there at all. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, like if someone took him out to dinner and like bought him a bottle of yeah. of Stag's Leap or something, I don't think he'd say no. No, but no. um, <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. We know, it. we know. Fantastic. Dean loves to drink. Yeah, and um, I love, I love that about him. Man after my own heart, truly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then on the other hand, for Sam, um, like you were saying, he's he's a little bit more understated more often. He's more cerebral. Mm-hmm. Um, though I do want to talk about some of my favorite episodes on the show are when Jared Padalecki gets to gets to do comedy because he can be so funny too. He's, he's so good at what this is the difference, and this is what I found really interesting. So Jensen can yeah. tell a joke really well, and Jared could like be a joke, like that, and that's yeah. not horrible. But like, it, he's not a joke in the sense of like, oh, what, what a joke. But like, he's a he he plays the like the situation of a yes. joke really well. Um, totally, fully leans into it and like fully embraces that element, and that like that to me is where all of the like Sam comedy lies. Which is in part like why I did the the Pleasantville-esque episode that I did was because yes, which yeah, I he, love. Thank you. But like he fully it, part of that when we were talking about it in the room was like he he Jared is so good at like 
being in a in a situation and like yeah leaning into that situation and making that funny embodying embodying yeah, the situation that, yeah yeah no I love that um one of my other favorite episodes I don't know if this is controversial or not but the but the lucky rabbit's foot episode oh yeah no a uh, bad day at Black Rock yeah yes yes yeah it's, it's one fantastic. of my favorites Ben Edmonds, yeah and it just is oh no it's it's so mm-hmm. up there and and yeah that's exactly it like Jared so deeply leans into the comedy of the like I lost my shoe of it all. Yes, it's yes. so good. It's so it's funny. So good, and I think it's also what what's beautiful is that it's it's also it's used a little more sparingly. Like yeah, Dean, yeah, exactly. Dean Dean has more comedy to his character throughout. Like sure. you expect yeah. you expect that from him, right? Um, but but that that makes those moments where where Jared just really leans into it but it's just like all the more all the more beautiful it feels surprising in a show that has been on for so long that is like quote unquote not exciting like not surprising not exciting right not not exciting because I think it's exciting but like not surprising because you think that like oh I know what the show's gonna be and then like that pops up and you're like I'm still surprised by it it's beautiful it's 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 great and to be able to keep it fresh like that for 15 years is such a such a, a testament to to you, the writers and the showrunners and the creators and the actors and um and it's just really just like a delight to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so Sam, I right. think Sam as opposed to uh Dean's Cabernet Sauvignon, and this is something I could see Sam drinking like a nice bottle of wine. I think he would be like a Willamette Valley Pinot Noir. So coming from a little mm, bit further north yeah. coast it's a little bit it's um not as heavy in tannin it's usually a little bit lighter but um there's some of the just like the best wines that america makes and i've heard yeah i that it sticks in my craw for a reason like i've, I've definitely heard of them before yeah. Yeah, I highly, highly recommend trying mm-hmm. them. If you see, even if it's not Willamette Valley, but Oregon, mm-hmm. Oregon mm-hmm. Pinot Noirs generally are just are just so so good. I also I also love um, Pinots from from parts of California as well. the The Russian River Valley is one of my favorite mm-hmm. regions for for Pinot in California, and I feel like that could be a good Sam wine as well. Well, and I also love that like both both the boys are like red wines because I feel like yeah. There, yeah. I was trying to think about it, and like I was thinking, because because Dean definitely feels like a red wine to oh, me. Oh yeah, yeah. But I was trying to think of what would be a good possible white wine for for Sam, but it still doesn't feel quite right. No, I think, I, yeah. Like he's a lighter red, but he's still a red. He's still I a think. red. I mean, that's that yeah. is the thing I think. Like with the Winchesters, is that like they are still even even though like Dean is whenever you look at the show dean is the uh, standout like down and dirty rough and tumble so yeah. is sam like sam grew up in the same way that his brother yeah. did and like is still it does still have those similar elements that like just is better about it because he had a little bit of a healthier childhood because dean was raising him and not john <laughs> right yes uh, uh very true <laughs> very true uh, this is this is sort of an indirect thought process it's not my most elegant segue but Mm. the the other main thought that i had while watching the show 
is that I was that I was really impressed with, and I know, and I know this is something that you um, you care about a lot um, in in media. But um, there's obviously like true family mm-hmm. in you know there or nuclear family, right? But then right. there's but it's also all about found family. Yeah, I like, mean, family don't end in blood is like the main takeaway that everybody always like comes with it. Yeah, is the Bobby. Yeah, line. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I I also think that. Part part of what I loved and was really surprised by and wasn't expecting was just like the lack of toxic masculinity in the show mm-hmm. in a in a show that's, you know, has a lot of amazing female characters, but is mm-hmm. very like male dominated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I was not expecting it to like have a, such a healthy attitude towards kind of masculinity in general um good (laughs) i and yeah i i mean there's a lot to unpack there and i don't i don't necessarily think we need to do that entirely and i think yeah (laughs) as as john mulaney says we don't have time to unpack (laughs) all all of that that. but (laughs) but um but that was something that was really refreshing to me Mm. and that and that uh, i think a lot of that also stems from the relationship between these two brothers yeah, and their yeah. their love for each other yeah. and and um and then expanding out from there you know with Bobby and Castiel obviously we're going to have to talk about Castiel obviously we always um, have to talk about Castiel yeah i mean he's he's best um <laughs> but uh i i i now i mean i follow i follow most of most of the main actors on like twitter and uh-huh. instagram now yes. um but Misha, Misha Collins i think has my favorite my favorite social media presence he's just, he's, <laughs> yeah it's fair he what a what a what a goober is what I lovingly call him. He's such a yeah. he's such a lovely man, and uh, I just. But also at the same time, I want to be like, you dummy. What are you like for certain things? Yeah. Like, not about social media <laughs> stuff, of course, but like sometimes I'm just sort of like, oh, Misha. <laughs> yeah, he seems he's he very much has like a dad presence. Yes, on, yeah. like 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 bad dad joke presence. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. The bad dad joke presence is a great way to describe Misha Collins. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I love it. I love he's it. Great, no, big big fan of him. It's also I, I think it's a testament to just how strong the 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 fandom is in Supernatural. That I think I posted like like two things. Oh yeah. On Facebook or and or Twitter about Supernatural, and now like everything yeah. on Facebook and Twitter is Supernatural, and I'm not mad about it. Like it's fun, it's fun to scroll through sure. and like oh, yeah. see the little memes and clips and whatever. But I have so many friends that don't watch Supernatural, and they all say because I follow you on Twitter, I get everything about Supernatural at any given point. <laughs> I'm like. I don't know how, I don't know. I didn't write the algorithm. I don't know what to tell you about that. I don't know how that works, but I do think it's a testament to, to just how, uh, how strong it is. The, yeah. the community and fandom is. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's very, yeah, it's very strong. It's very vocal. It's, it's really a phenomenon in a way that like, yeah, nobody really knows how to describe it or, or how to explain it. Like, um, even, even in the midst of like, I've been working on DC stuff and like, yeah, it is still, and I think this is probably what it is. Like, cause I was going to say that like DC doesn't have the same amount of like, they still have the same, like very vocal fans. It says some very similar following, but like, right. I think in part 
Supernatural started 2005, right in the midst of like when, you know, the, those early seasons, you see flip phones, like you don't see smartphones. Yeah. And then at the very end, you see smartphones, like it came about through Twitter. And it came about like, the show was growing in the same way that all forms of social media was growing. And like that totally, I think is always going to be inextricably tied to each other within that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, Facebook came about not too long before that. And then 2006 or, actually. Yeah. Like, as, Oh, was it, it was after that. Well, because yeah. It was already created, but like, I remember 2006 is when like only college students could like, you had to have a college student. Email. Yeah. And then 2007, I think is when you could like, it was why it was open for, for anybody. Yeah. I think, I think that's when I, that's when I made a Facebook. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. That sounds right. And that, that like in season two, season three of Supernatural, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. No. And it's, it, it, you're, you're totally right. It is kind of beautiful. And it was, and it was fun watching it last year, just kind of like, it felt like watching, <laughs> watching time pass, yeah, you know, like it, it I is. remember those things <laughs> and like, oh man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. And it's unusual for a show yeah. that you're able to like watch it from start to finish and be like, oh, I see how things changed over it, time. It really does feel like a time capsule yeah, of television totally. because of, because of, of how it expanded and it expanded in such a everybody is using this word now to mean various different things, but unprecedented time, but like, yes, it really did span an unprecedented time of like, yeah, that, that social media rise has, has inex- inextricably changed the world. Um, yeah. Culture. Yeah. Society, how we, how we interact with each other, how we yeah. interact with art and politics yeah. and everything. Yeah. And it's, no, and you're, it's you're totally supernatural right. Supernatural and Grey's Anatomy that like are the two that sort of lasted through, Totally. Yes. Yes. No, that makes that. Yeah, that's totally true. That makes perfect sense. What a what a what a cool phenomenon. And mm-hmm. I know, and you know, there's 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 ups and downs to having such a such a powerful fandom. Um, <laughs> yes. But but it seems it seems mostly like pretty wholesome, all things considered. They've grown in a way that I think is really interesting because like mm. I I there will be shows now that have issues or whatnot on Twitter and like sure. the supernatural fandom will sort of look look pat like look band together and be like ah remember when we were that young because it's it like right the supernatural fandom has sort of banded together and grown in a way that like yeah there's still gonna be issues and tiffs and things like that within the community but like there's there is this interesting bond that I think is sort of experience like that has sort of grown and experienced because everybody also at the same time everyone was learning social media like I said so like yeah you they've they've transcended certain issues that I think a lot of shows will go through now of, of yeah. stuff like that. So it's really, it's really fascinating to sort of the, the, I could talk for hours about fandom because I find it, I love fandom and I think it's really important and I love the passion that oh, like, yeah. natural fandoms have, uh, the fandom has, but like, yeah, there, that's a, it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I think, I think we'll, 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 we'll have to put a button on that for yeah. now, but I yeah. do want to hear all your thoughts. Cause I, I'm also fascinated by it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it totally is. Okay. I was going to ask you, um, obviously besides the episodes that you wrote, yes. um, do you have some favorite episodes or like storylines um mm. I, I i know it's a hard i know it's a hard one to choose but if anything kind of stands out to you or is like something that really like inspired you 
as a writer to want to work on the show. Character arcs or just characters or anything, anything like that. I have always been a big fan. I think we talked about this before on the show, but I've always Mm -hmm. been a big fan of like genre being a metaphor for like deeper emotional impact. Um, yeah and this show basically wrote the book on that like mm-hmm. especially you see it a lot with first seasons but like this was also a thing that like anytime we would go in with pitches it was sort of like well what is the emotionality of these characters and how is it being portrayed in whatever villain that they are fighting this week right and uh like the first season is always such a really good example of like this the yeah it was a skinwalker and like mm-hmm. Dean not feeling like himself and feeling yeah. like out of out of him himself out of his body and things like that and like the the right. the tie in on that is so so specific and like that that was I think like those episodes that early on was like oh I would love to write for a show like this because it was very totally. much along the lines of that and then everybody always cites four and five as being really good absolutely I think four and five are some of the best seasons oh yeah but like. I love those because of the deconstruction of the like mm. Judeo Christianity of it all, where I was like, this is totally. really interesting while still keeping to the like heart and, and part of the show, but heart about the like intention behind. Cause this was the thing too, is that like Jesus is never mentioned in the show, like sort of intentionally, yeah. definitely intentionally actually. So, you know, there, there is, that makes sense. Of, yeah. Yeah. Of, of saying like, we are, we are dealing with these issues while not like, but we are not trying to like dig into feel like theology. We're trying to explain right. and talk about the, this stuff without while knowing like that we are not, this is not church. Like this is not for you to come here and like totally. get some sort of Sunday school lesson. Yeah. It, it reminded me of, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily religious, but I loved, I took like Bible study or yeah. like a Bible yeah. as literature. Yeah. Um, kind of classes in high school and in college. And, um, and I find it fascinating to like to like study from like a literary or like mythological perspective right um and i and i really appreciated the show because it felt like that's what it was doing yeah absolutely Um, and um in a really in a really fun cool interesting way that's still accessible to all sorts of people i feel like of all sorts of different faiths um, yeah absolutely backgrounds so i i thought that was really cool and um was was Again, like I said, not not something that I necessarily expected going into it. No, um, so I mean, it was fun. There's such a deft touch. I feel like that nobody nobody really expects because there's yeah there's also like a very strong ball peen hammer that goes at, like it's a monster show. It's a monster killing show. Right, like right. This is a very blunt force trauma type of show, but within that, you're able to. And this is a thing that draws me so much to genre in general, but like this show in particular was that like you were able to utilize the ball peen hammer to burst through story stuff while at the same time really using some like deaf finessing. Yeah. There's, there's like some sophisticated storytelling going yeah. on underneath that for sure. For right. Sure. Um, and you can't, otherwise like it wouldn't be a show that lasted that long. Like there's no, yeah. there's no world where the show would have continued if like there wasn't a sense of like more meaning and more and and something to say like I think every episode sort of speaks to what we were talking about of like family don't end in blood and like totally the the, like family is important and like we are we we have each other's backs like that there is so much that the show is trying to tell there's just so much that like that theme of the show is so important and like yeah it's always saying something without being I think without being heavy-handed um other people may disagree with me but yeah good so. No, I I would agree. Like uh, under under the the kind of 
shell of like yes it's a it's a monster show like right we're, we're fighting monsters like the stakes are very high right. like yes um <laughs> the like there's a lot gonna of gonna end every season every season the world is gonna end yeah. they die so many times and time. come back to life <laughs> all the time yes Yes. But within that, there's there's so much kind of meaty and more subtlety to explore. And right, I, right. I really a- appreciated that as I watched it. And that and that's like what kept me in, yeah, in it as sure. well. Not that not that I don't like just a good like monster of the week show. But but at a certain point, like that can only that can only carry you so far. Well, and I've been um, thinking I've been thinking about this a lot just in my own personal writing. Like, sure, you have to have stuff to say. Like you you do have to. Once again, not not be super messagey about it, super preachy, but like you do have right. to have like you have to have a point of view and a perspective and something yes. to say. Like you look at some of the the greats and like you know what what they are trying to say in their work. Uh, Aaron yeah. Sorkin is somebody that I think about a lot, just in terms of like totally that like it. There's stuff there that is and and you know for all his faults, Joss Whedon had things to say at the time that were absolutely super important and like. Shonda, I think even with Grey's Anatomy, like Shonda says a lot of really yeah. important stuff with it. So it's, you know, the stuff that's really good, the stuff that spans generations has something to say. Absolutely. And this definitely was a show that like knew what its knew what its theme was, knew what it wanted to say, knew what its characters were saying. So Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and that's that's wonderful. And so um that kind of leads me to if you'd be willing to talk about your experience um becoming a staff writer um and and you've talked a little bit about it which is amazing but i'd love to hear like what the process was like on a show like this that has you know a format it's been running for so long how do you build an episode for a show like this right sure so yeah um it is easier and harder at the same time weirdly enough because like you're yeah, not, no, that makes sense. Yeah, you're like you're not trying to figure <laughs> out what the format is. Like the form, like it's it's right. there is a formula to it. Like the the teaser is a kill. Mm-hmm. First act is setting up the emotional stakes and ending with probably another kill. Like the stakes are risen, rising. Yeah. Act two is investigations, discoveries, and like with the end being we got it wrong. Right. What do we do now? Back to the drawing board. Act three is doing the next bit, like the next obstacle, back to the drawing board sort of a thing. And that may succeed or fail, but it will end with whatever the twist is. Act three will end on the twist. Act four is the fight. Act five is the resolution. So there's very much a like, totally boom, boom, boom. You know what an episode is going to be structured as. Mm-hmm. So then the the challenge more so comes from okay, well, what is the monster? Like, what monster have we not done? Or if we have done this monster, if we're doing a vampire or werewolf again, what new thing can we do with a vampire and a werewolf? um, Right, what makes it different? Yeah, exactly. Like, why do we need this episode versus, like, why aren't we doing another type of episode? Um, Right. And then on top of all that, and, and this is honestly the way that I started every episode was, well, where are the boys at emotionally? Like, right. Where, where are they at in the season? What do we need? Cause we would sort of separate it. We would, we would sort of separate it, like go in chunks depending on what the season was going on. But like, we would do like the first half of the season was one arc and then we would be like, Oh, okay. The second half of the season is another arc. So like they have to be in certain sure. emotional places for different ones. Yes. And so knowing what was coming before, knowing what the, like, what mm-hmm. emotional spaces they were all going to be in 
what would I want the boys to learn? Like, what would I want the boys to sort of deal with? What do I as a writer find really interesting to delve into their emotions with? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so out of that, I would like come up with three or four different pitches that would like sort of speak Mm -hmm. to a bunch of those different types of emotions that I would like to see, then go from there. And then like, as you put that the building blocks of the of the formula together I would always think like oh okay like what is the and I had so much help like literally everybody in the room was is the most helpful they're my favorite people on the planet still like um it seems like it seems like a really great great bunch of great bunch of people who worked on the show and that's a that's such a gift to to be able to work on a work on a show like that outstandingly Um, yes I I love them I I I still talk to them like they're that's great. Yeah. They're like, I'll, I'll have questions for them. I got to see one of them the other day. We had like lunch and it was so good to see oh, him. It's yay. Bob Barron's. He's running a show now. We're really proud. Oh, good for um, you, Bob. Yeah. It's so <laughs> nice. And so it's like, that's the thing is that like, I, and, and I wouldn't be the writer that I am without them. Like they are the, they're the people that like helped uh, train me and pushed me and, and yelled at me and I yelled back and, it, like in the room itself, we became our own sort of like found family in that way, and like that's they, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So you want just, as a as a viewer, you want to hear stories like yeah, that. You know, yeah, you want to believe you want to believe that it's that it's like that behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah. Um. And I and it's frequently not. I know. Well, on, yeah. No, I mean, listen. Well, there were definitely some issues on certain things, but like not the. Like, oh, I'm not sure. The, not the whole. Like not. We didn't have like bad things it was just sort of like oh, i know how a family would often have arguments and you're like okay guys this exactly. is exactly we've been together for maybe too long what if we all like took a time out sort of those types of things totally i just mean i just mean i know that there are shows where like the congeniality and feeling of family sure. is not yeah. always there yeah. behind the scenes yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah no no <laughs> this, this is definitely like so like i've heard so yeah. i've heard yes no that's definitely fair that's very true but it was it was a thing where it's like these are these are still people that are part of my life which i'm i'm very gr- yeah. blessed and grateful for that's wonderful yeah. that's wonderful oh well that's that's so cool that's so cool to hear like how the process kind of goes um, behind yeah, building yeah. 327 of these. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I especially love the episode you wrote that, as you mentioned, the Pleasantville episode, because <laughs> I also was a big fan of Pleasantville and I knew that that's what it was. And I yeah, was like, yeah. it's <laughs> this is so fun. but also like, I grew up in a town that's like that. Like I grew up in yeah. a town that's very much like that. And so I was like, Hey guys, like I had two other pitches, but I was like, let's not, Let's not be crazy. Like, we know that it's probably going to be. <laughs> Let's do this one. Yeah, Let's just yeah. all agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. that Because that, ep- that episode definitely stands out in my mind. Thank you. It's very. It was a very fun one to do. I'm, I'm super grateful for it. That's great. That's so great. Well, congratulations, because it was. It Thank was- you. Fabulous. fabulous. Uh, my favorite is that my title card sort of came up. Uh, like, my, my name card came up on uh, yeah. Misha's, like, Misha giving an eye roll type of a thing. And it yeah. like, be such a gift to me personally of like, I have it framed because it's just Misha. He obviously, he obviously did that on purpose. He knew. Well, absolutely. He's like, this is when he was shooting. He was like, this is where it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, speaking, speaking of Misha and Castiel, um, yes. I came up, I came up with a sort of, I want to talk about Castiel. Yeah, um, of course. Is it a rosé? Please tell me you gave Cass a rosé. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't give him. Well, 
Okay, I didn't technically give him a rosé, okay. but it can be a rosé. So okay. Tell me I more. gave him well, I gave him a grape that's a red grape, mm, but um mm-hmm. but I've had it as a rosé before and now that you mention it, I've had some really good ones and now I want one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but so um this is sort of a weird one and it's it's sort of a little bit veering off of the Americana a little bit though this is a grape that is grown in in the states. Okay. Um but it's the grape Blaufränkisch which is an Austrian grape. Oh. Um, and it's one of my favorites and and part of why I thought of it for Castiel is a it's like not very well known but like mm. if you once you once you try it like the people who know blau frankish love blau frankish and so okay. i love that castiel castiel is kind of like the unknown angel right right yeah yeah he is but still somehow messes up everything <laughs> yeah yeah totally and then and then once you're like a fan of the show like you know castiel oh absolutely and 100% there's like a, I don't want to say like cultish love for him, but like you know, there's a there's, there's kind a of a fandom. Love. Yeah, no, there's a yeah, very deep, deep love, protective and, love for Castiel for sure. Absolutely, and and I and it's sort of the same in the to a different extent, but but like in the wine community, mm. Lafrancish is one of the like oh, I love weird that. kind of niche grapes, and um and you and and you can find it as a rosé as well, and it's really good i love austrian rosés um it's also the reason why i thought of it is is it's also known as lemberger i think it's what they call it's weird name um but but i think that's the german name for it as opposed to the austrian name is this an homage to uh misha's fantastic german accent near the back half of the season of the season 13 13 Yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm yes. going <laughs> to say yes. I planned it that way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. I definitely planned that. Good. Um, Great. Perfect. Yes. yes. <laughs> but yes, I do remember his excellent German accent. We we have given him so much garbage for that. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. I love Misa. It's, it's, so it's fabulous. <laughs> he seems like he seems like just a... a a lot of fun to work with this was also the episode where he (laughs) forgot his passport or couldn't find his passport oh no my favorite stories of all time oh i can't wait oh it's so good it's so silly like he's just he's just truly a wonderful like but once again in like art imitating life like i feel like there's so much about cast that is very niche um yes yes right so i love it but also very protective of the of the sweet bb well and you and you can tell like as you were saying before i think almost with with castiel even more than um sam and dean because he comes into it a little bit later Mm -hmm. and and i could be wrong but i feel like the intention for him originally was probably different than what he ended up being. Yeah. And yeah. um and and probably so much of that came from came Misha from me. himself. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. The way that like I mean, he most of his scenes in the early seasons were with Jensen and the two of them just played off each other so well that like they have such great chemistry. They I mean, I know that's I know that's a, a whole thing whether okay. or not you we won't get into whether that. or not you agree with that. They have wonderful chemistry. It's so fun to watch them I together. mean it is canon that like Cass loves Dean. Like that was a thing that yeah. we had made like intentionally canon. Um, yeah. I love that. But like 
yeah, but I mean, that does stem from like those early seasons of just like the as actors, the two of them. And I, uh, once again, as I, I'm sure you know, like having a good mm-hmm. scene partner is so important. Like Jensen and Jared really are very is. good scene partners. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Misha came in and nobody was really expecting. Not that they weren't expecting much because like nobody really knew Misha. So it was like, oh, OK, cool. Like right. we have this we have we we did the same thing for Ruthie. Like when uh, Rowena came in, we were sort of like, yeah. You write sides for a character that you know is going to be like a, a bigger part of like the next season, but you don't really know what you're looking for because you haven't written the next season yet. Right. And right. then you get lucky with with actors. And we got we constantly got lucky. Like Spate was another one, like where we got uh, Gabriel and like, yeah, um, just super oh my God. Out. So great. Oh, so great. Richard Richard Spate is not only one of like the best people, but also an amazing director. Like. I I noticed that he directed a lot of the episodes he's and outstandingly good and he's I'm yeah. glad because he's moved on to some other shows as well but um oh good we were having we were having dinner one time and we were talking because I knew that he had directed an episode of Lucifer and so we were talking mm-hmm. about it or whatever and I was like I knew it I knew it was this episode because I could tell because he's just such a good like distinct director and not in a bad way yeah. like not in a way where you're like oh my gosh just like do the words on the page because that's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like he has such a good eye and a very fun eye that mm-hmm. you can tell um yeah and he's another one where we were just sort of like how did we like like with Misha like with Ruthie like like with Sam right. even like how did we get yeah. these um amazing actors that like we can still use and I love them so yeah oh that's so great yeah but- that's 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 so great to hear and that's so cool to hear like also as an actor like you never know when you're gonna get like you're gonna nail that audition and you're gonna just be right for a role yeah and and like change it and yeah. and become and become an important part of telling a story yeah and that because because that's the dream yeah absolutely yeah and uh oh yeah I also love Ruthie as Rowena oh my god so much. she's such a <sighs> Amazing. She's just amazing. I, 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 I mean, watching her, she's just like one of those actors who just like, you just can't help but be drawn to her whenever she's in a scene. And she's got such an intense power, both on and off yeah. camera, that you're just sort of like, and, and just the sweetest of people, just just truly, honestly, the sweetest of people. Wonderful. But like, it is it is such a funny thing like to watch her on because she's so different than Rowena. Like she's, she's just oh, so I'm different sure. than Rowena. But, like, I would, I would her, hope. I would, would hope. hope. <laughs> would hope. Um, yeah. And I mean, Rob, Rob Benedict is another one that like, he's just, he's oh, just yeah. very good. And also the story sort of continued to evolve around him rather than like, I was going to ask um, yeah. about, about Rob and Chuck and, yeah. and, yeah how much of his journey was planned um, because he's so great as, as the prophet Chuck. Um, Yeah. I love those. I love those episodes. And again, I also love the kind of meta narrative and meta episodes in the show that like are very, you know, self-referential and, 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 and also, you know, recognizing the fandom as well. I think, I think in a really loving way while still being really funny. Those, those are some of the, the, you know, just like the really fun episodes well just it, it's also just so unexpected like I don't I've I right. had never seen a show that had done that before and like had the yeah. ability to do that like and yeah and I've, I've this is a side tangent for a minute and I think I've spoken about this before sure. um, but like supernatural sort of does exist in that space like I, I remember so I, yeah. I took on a project whenever I was an assistant I was like okay while I'm here, I want to read through all of the scripts. I have access to them. And I it's really important for mm-hmm. me as a writer to like 
it's like a masterclass in genre storytelling. So like we've totally. got writers like Kripke and Ben Edlund and Sarah Gamble and like all mm-hmm. of these amazing writers that like have come through Jeremy Carver, like have, have come through and are staples in genre and, and being able to read their writing is right. just, it was just like, I, w- I wasn't passing that up. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But one of the things that I noticed early on, especially in the first season was how, because it was so aware of itself, because it was so aware of, like what type of show it was and uh, what type of genre it was. There was constant there, even in the early seasons, there was constant playing with the genre of like my, my um, example that I always give is like, there were, there would be times like there, there could have been an episode where like the teaser is you see a woman running in the woods and it's very like shaky cam and like, she's in a white Mm -hmm. dress and like, you know what that is. Like you're doing, you have d- just done 10 pages of writing in one scene. Right. And then the twist of that is that she is a werewolf and like, she's right. the one, you know what I mean? Like, and it, and it was mm-hmm, so, because mm-hmm. it was so aware of the genre that it was in, it was so aware of the tropes that had come before. Yeah. It created already the sense of meta that then was carried through throughout the show that like ended up why we could get an episode like the French mistake and like, right. You know, have Chuck be like the, the writer for supernatural type of a thing. Right. Because the early seasons had sort of set the tone of the show, which was aware of itself, aware of the tone, aware of the genre. And then you get to play with that. So, yeah. um, But I don't think that it was ever a plan for, from, because this was before I started, but like, because by the time I started, we were all like, yes, no, Chuck is God. Um, right. Yeah. But, uh, before I started, I mean, it wasn't, there wasn't a strong sense of what Chuck was. Like, we all liked, uh-huh. like, everybody liked Rob and wanted to keep Rob around. And then it wasn't really until uh, the 200th episode that it was sort of slightly mm-hmm. confirmed. Gotcha. But I think that it had always been, I think that, like, sort of through seasons eight and nine that had been mm-hmm. a, a light buildup of like, what can we do with this character? Cause we want to keep him because we like him. So. Right. And it's established that profits kind of yeah cycle through. And yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's another example of like, because that you like, you get to be on a show for so long and you also just sort of create within that, like families within the, the like characters on the show there there are like to your point like it's funny because you were like there's so many characters for this show and i'm like that's so funny because like technically it's just three technically you that, it's just two and then misha came in and then it was you're like, right but but there is when you think of supernatural and you've watched the show you like there's there's jody and there's Bill, bobby yes. and there's yeah like there's there's so many characters ruthie and like yeah i guess that that's what i meant when i yeah. said there are so many characters no, is that sure. as as the show develops and you know like bobby's a much bigger part of the first half of right. the show um and then and then you get more i forget exactly when crowley shows up but I, I love Crowley. Crowley I love Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard is wonderful. Yeah. Mark Shepard is very talented. I went to his wedding, which is another weird thing that Supernatural gave me. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, I love that. I love that. His wife is also very nice. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I love that for him. Um, I, I, I was a fan of his before again, because of like Firefly and Battlestar Galactica and stuff like that. So I knew. Absolutely. Yeah. He is such a, he, and I mean, this is, this goes back to like being another one of those, like, 
being aware of the genre that you're in. Yes. You sort of end up getting a lot of those actors at the same time too, because of like, yeah, you are aware. Yeah, no, Mark is, Mark is uh, lovely. I'm glad that we got to have him for the time that we did. So good. I'm glad. I'm yeah, glad. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just looking here, and um, <laughs> I did come up with a pairing for Crowley actually, did which you? kind and of this is the other one. This is what I was going to say because I will forget it. Alex, yes, we also got Alex near the end. We got Baby Jack. Oh yes, oh he's so great. Our I Jack. I love I love. I Alex. have to tell you, I have to tell you, I was really worried when you uh, brought in that storyline. Oh, absolutely, yeah, fair. I was super I was super worried that it wasn't going to work and it works so well and he's so good. And he's outstandingly good. We would watch those dailies going this 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 is perfect. How yeah. is this so perfect? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it that definitely like watching it I was like, "Oh wow, he is just the perfect actor to play oh. that part." Like somebody It looks like Misha, which is Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Weird. It's deeply but weird. But it worked. It, it but worked. it worked. <laughs> yes. Not like a gift horse in the mouth, but like, yeah, it, it worked really well. Yeah, absolutely. Take take what you can get, you know? Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes. And actually, I have before I go for Crowley, I want to give um the pairing that I made for Jack, which Yay. um is some people may not like this, but um I gave him in the in the theme of Americana, uh-huh. I gave him Merlot. And oh. because Merlot is really a wine that gets a bad reputation a lot because of sideways. Oh. Honestly, like that's that really? Like, yeah, in the wine industry, like Merlot sales went way down when sideways oh. came out. And still people are like, oh, I don't like Merlot because Oh, that's um, so funny. I feel like I drink mostly Merlot. <laughs> yeah. I I love Merlot and yeah. um and I mean, but it's like it's like any wine. It can be good or it sure. can be bad. Yeah. yeah but 100%. like um, but but it has this kind of reputation now, which is not really earned. And so That's and so, so for oh my god, Jack for Jack, I don't know. It just kind of felt right to me mm-hmm. that um, you know, being quote unquote the Antichrist, and and you you think you have this idea of what he's going to be, and then the show and um and Alex just really. I think um, subvert what you expect. Absolutely. And so I feel like that's like, you know, if you, if all you know of Merlot is that it has a uh, bad reputation. Yeah. Yeah. It has a bad reputation. um, And then you'll find some really, really good ones. And I mean, and outside of America, it's, you know, it's considered one of the best grapes in the world. Mm -hmm. So, so it's uh, that, that just sort of, felt felt kind of at least thematically correct i'm not sure that that's i'm not sure that that's what um jack would want to drink necessarily jack deserves only a juice box and should never have alcohol he's not old enough i know he's a baby (laughs) baby. (laughs) a wee wee bairn it's so wild to me how like immediately the fandom adopted because you never know like we immediately adopted him yeah we watched and like our casting our our casting is amazing and like we knew that we needed like jack so we wrote sides for it beforehand and like figured it out um right but uh our casting was amazing because like we we had alexander calvert had auditioned for us or whatever and they were like no you you're not getting any better than this like he's yeah so good and we were like okay cool sure and yeah I, they were correct. Like they just he he was this perfect mix of this like possible monster, but also 
you just like you couldn't help like the the best line is like when he looks up at at uh sam and dean and just like has that look of nougat on his face of just this yeah this pure child like he just did such a good job with it it was astounding like how did it was really yeah really impressive yeah i i i really enjoyed him yeah um and the both the character and his performance. Yeah, um, yeah. and that's and that's a risk, you know. That's a it risk is. introducing a character like that. Um, Hugely, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it 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 really worked. I so thought. Mark, Mark's what would a, yes crowd Mark wine be, please? Okay, so um, for Mark, <laughs> um, I think this one is funny. It makes me giggle to myself at uh-huh. least. But I gave I'm giving him Chardonnay. Um, yes, the first, I was the first, that it would be a white wine because it just feels. <laughs> yes, correct. it it has to be a white wine for Crowley. Yeah, and the the reason why I feel like Chardonnay is is right is that Chardonnay is maybe the the wine that like the worst one I've had is the worst wine I've ever had, and the best <laughs> one I've had is the best one I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, and that feels very Crowley to me. Like correct at at. At any moment, you're not entirely sure what you're gonna get from him. Yeah. I, at least, at least starting starting out as the show goes on, he becomes more of a like more consistent ally. But also at the same time with the Chardonnay, I feel like that is the most common. Like it is because to me, Crowley is also very like I'm just trying to do like I just want to run hell. Like I just yeah I just totally. need to like run hell and make sure that it runs like whatever. And that's such a good Chardonnay wine. Like you're like I just Absolutely. need a wine to like fucking everybody. Can and drink and move along with their lives and like i'm gonna get the chardonnay <laughs> absolutely he totally he like in hell he's like serving like box chardonnay 100%. to all the demons <laughs> you know yeah. i love i love this uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> they're all like at some sort of meeting and he's like okay we need to get through this meeting i will give you all this box chardonnay yes absolutely yeah absolutely okay good i'm glad i'm glad that you like I that because that, that just I think that hilarious. just felt right to me and yeah. made me laugh yeah. so also, i'm glad <laughs> i can also see I can also see him drinking it. Like I could see Crowley yes. just with like a glass of Chardonnay being like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah. Just being like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I am drinking. Not at all. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. I am drinking whatever wine is, is in my glass. Yep. If it's Chardonnay, it's I'll, I'll drink it. I'll drink it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, good. I'm glad. Cause I liked that one. I like that one. Ooh. I also wanted to talk about one of my other favorite characters on the show who yeah. is Charlie. Yeah. obviously yeah felicia day the legend the legend the myth yeah she's wonder like it's just a her performance is outstanding outstanding out of yeah. this world yeah so great so great and and i think another example of like you can see felicia day in that performance you know oh 100 like, like felicia makes that character in a way that like i don't yeah. i don't know if anyone else would have made that character but like felicia no, it, it, is is the reason why i think that character is is so good yes and um and again and also that's another example of like i just i love her chemistry with jensen yeah and yeah they they have a great and it's and it's so you know platonic is maybe not the right word, but like you get this sense of like it's very broy, yeah. Like it's yeah, very, it's very broy, very broy yeah. in a way that you don't. I mean, to your to to the subversion narrative of it all, like you don't expect them to be broy, yeah. And so it is a it is a surprising relationship to like to see the two of them and be like, oh wow, like this is maybe not what I expected, and yet it it works so well. Yeah, no, and um, 
it's just, I mean, I've, I've been a, a, a big fan of hers for a long time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but, she's, I mean, she is who, I mean, she's queen. Yeah. How, yeah do you, she's, how do you not like Felicia Day? It's unclear. I don't know. I don't know how you could possibly no. not like Felicia Day. That w- and, and I feel like she came into, I don't remember exactly when she came into the story, but I feel like it was like the perfect moment for that character Season to come in. Season seven, I believe. Because that sounds, that in, sounds right. Yeah, she came in because of um, Robbie created her, and she came in because of the Leviathans. That makes sense. Yes, yeah. and season yeah. seven is the the introduction of the Leviathans. Yes. So, and Robbie yes. Thompson is a is a writer on the show. Um, I believe he started in season seven. That feels right. Seven, seven, or six. Yeah. Actually, it might have been six. But uh, yeah, Robbie created her, and she came in, I believe, in season seven because it was about like Sam and Dean had to like take down the leviathans of some sort and they needed a hacker for it and she was just also right. there yeah no and that's and that was so fun and she's such a fun uh yeah. new element yeah and like new kind of character to bring into the show but that Absolutely. also feels very much a part of it yeah. yeah 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 so for her and rowena my my favorite redheads absolutely absolutely um what i i thought of a a, a pairing for rowena that i really like which is barbara which is an, an Italian grape, but it is grown at least in Washington. I think I've had a Washington Barbera. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of random, kind of weird. I but it's that. a very spicy kind of mysterious grape. Excellent. I feel like excellent. Yes, I, yes. And so I feel like I feel like it maybe even a little witchy. I don't know. Um, so that <laughs> one, that one feels right for Rowena. That's great. And um, and for. Charlie, I've I've talked about this wine a lot, so I feel bad, but um, but it feels right. But there's a there's a winemaker in California. Her name is Angela Osborne, and she makes she has a winery called Tribute to Grace, mm. and it's solely she makes solely Grenache, which oh, is wow, yeah, kind of kind of random, kind of kind of a risk I, for her. I was gonna say I don't think I'd heard of Grenache grapes in california or in america really like there there it's it's rare to see a, at least one that's a hundred percent like sometimes mm-hmm, you'll mm-hmm. see them as part of blends but she mm-hmm. does a hundred percent grenaches and i especially like well i like all of her wines but i especially like her rosé as well and i feel like oh. charlie would also like that yes um, oh i rose love that from grenache yes that's perfect yeah and she's super she's super cool too she kind of reminds me of charlie a little bit so that's great so that, those are my pairings for those two that's great those are perfect let's see i mean there's so much to talk about and <laughs> i it, like we could we could probably we could do a part you know, two i'm not opposed to doing another we may one. have to do a part two because i don't yeah. want to i don't want to keep you too late but i think the last like quote-unquote main character that i wanted to talk about who i also love is lucifer yeah yeah Mark Pellegrino. Especially played by Mark Pellegrino, yep. who obviously, obviously of lost fame and yeah. other, many other things. But, but, uh, and, and you can tell me, but he seems again, like kind of the trajectory of Lucifer maybe had a lot to do with his performance of him. I don't know. His performance, I think was, was. I mean, this is the thing, I think, with so much about Supernatural, the word, the word that's always going to come out is unexpected. Um, yes. There's so much about Supernatural that I think is unexpected and everyone doing their best and, and bringing an A game that I think nobody really 
had seen before. And yeah, totally. like Mark, Mark's very sort of dashing view of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the supreme mm-hmm. dashing view of, of Lucifer is actually like the current Lucifer on, on Netflix. Is Lucifer with right, right, and right. Tom Ellis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, before we had that, we sort of had this and there was a sense of like, yeah. there was a sense that you could understand why this guy was like, you know, the the it's not correct theology but like the idea that like right. he uh was was uh like lucifer was an angel that was thrown out by god like it is it is such right a, he sort of embodies that in a way that like i don't think anybody really expected like his his performance is, is absolutely like a continuous manner that, yeah. that does bring a really interesting fight for the boys yeah and a personal fight for the boys. yeah and i mean i feel like it's rare and I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly when, like, his first big arc is, but it's in, like, season four season, or five? Season five is when, like... Season five. When we start with... Because to, it, because a huge part of that is, is you know, angels taking over bodies. And so... Right. He takes yes. over, I think, in the first episode of season five. And that's a haunting scene. Yeah. Uh, or a oh. haunting opening. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It... it is a very memorable visual experience. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but to but to get him, you know, sort of earlier on, relatively speaking, in the show, and then he's kind of not there for a while, and then and then to have him come back and come back in kind of a fun and different way while still yeah. being the same character. Um, I thought that was really fun and Yay. um good and fun to watch. And um and I think th- I think this is the last pairing I have for for characters, but um, the one that came to mind for me for him, and I think this works well because of uh, what you just said about the show being unexpected, mm-hmm. um, is uh, one of my favorite American wines is Washington Syrah. Oh, um, which I love is a Syrah. like I I love a Syrah too, um, but a lot of people don't necessarily think of Washington Syrah mm-hmm. as like the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the best example of it. It's my personal favorite region wow. for Syrah. Okay. Because it's it's like just a little bit more mellow yeah. than either California or French Syrah. Okay. And, and it can, you know, come from other places as sure, well. Sure, sure, sure. But there's like there's like kind of a smoothness to it, to yeah. the Washington Syrahs that I personally really like and I feel like is also good for Lucifer. Yeah. And that kind of, yeah. and, and especially Mark Pellegrino's Lucifer, just right. that kind of like you can get, suaveness. It's very getting under the skin sort of a thing. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and yeah, no, he plays that very well where he just sort of like gets under the skin in a way that you feel correctly. Like you feel correctly that you're like, oh, I feel, I feel like, like creepy crawlies all over almost. Absolutely. It's yeah. super creepy, but super enjoyable at the yeah. same time. Oh, absolutely. His performances are very fun to watch. Yeah, that's a fun balance to strike. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me take a quick look. I want to see if there's anything that I absolutely have to. Oh, I might have to just at least mention the brilliance of the Scooby-Doo episode. Yes! It's, <laughs> it's, it's such so a good episode. Good. It's such a good it's episode. so good. Yeah. And I feel like that that sort of encaps, encapsulates in a way, like kind of the the fun of the show. And yeah, like, yeah. And, I mean, and and also the self awareness, as you were yeah. saying, it's a self awareness. And I mean, Scooby Doo is such a spiritual. It's such a spiritual predecessor to Supernatural, just because of what it yeah. was, and also what like some really fun facts. So Peter Roth was the um, 
head of television when Supernatural started. He's just recently um, retired. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. I've never seen anyone give an extremely heartfelt speech and remember everyone's names without a card. And like, that's really impressive. Yeah. He, Peter Roth, like was a very, very, like, I was always just very struck by him. Um, Yeah. And he, so he, he was always a big fan of Supernatural, was a very big like supporter of Supernatural. And he back in the day was one of the execs on Scooby-Doo, like it has a very like special place in his heart. And so there was a really interesting sort of marriage within that of like, oh, wow, like these, these pieces. And like, that I think is what Supernatural, you know, did really well is the like the marriage of pieces of like, nostalgia and childhood and an understanding of like the things that have come before like we we didn't really talk about this all that much but like it is also a natural successor to x-files because for the first couple of years we had kim manners who uh as our our, oh yeah yeah and like a a lot of the look of the show was sort of started and created by kim manners and that makes total sense now that you say it yeah yeah like i can Um, i can i can see that yeah, initially. absolutely. And so there's just, yeah. there's so much supernatural pays homage to so much while also creating so much new. It's such an interesting bridge, I think, between moments in television. It really is. It really is. And and I think, you know, I think as you said, like the self awareness, um, mm-hmm. I think it's really evident and it's really delightful. Yeah. Yeah. And because I think that sometimes sometimes like a show or or something else can be self-aware, but it can not feel delightful. Sure. It can feel a little egotistical or something sure. like that. Sure. It does not feel that way <laughs> on Supernatural. It just feels like it it feels like there's so much love and so much heart and and also but also yeah. while being really smart. My boss my boss said one time uh, that they call it show business, but we're just community theater. And it is <laughs> that it nothing has ever sort of stuck with me more. Yeah, um, I love that. I love that. I almost just spat out my wine. <laughs> <laughs> all that I want ever. Whenever I do wine and comics with my buddy Topher, all I want is for him yes. to do a spit take. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's so he said it. I think in passing, but like it is, it's such a true statement of like the show for better or worse. And like for a lot of television, especially, yeah. but like, especially at Supernatural, that, that was sort of the thing where we were sort of like every week we're like, how did we, how did we pull this off? Like, how did we, of course we yeah. did because it was like, it, it was a well-oiled machine by the time I got there, but also at the same time, how did we pull sure. this off? How did we pull off Scooby Natural? Unclear. I don't. Yeah. Unclear. It, it doesn't I don't know. seem to like. But you did it. But it, yeah. but it happened. Like it was a thing that <laughs> yeah. like really happened and worked well. And like is one of my favorite episodes of the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I my my sense is that it, it really comes from, uh, you know, everywhere. Everyone from the, the writer's room to the actors just like having an understanding yeah. of of what you're doing and kind of a camaraderie and understanding yeah. of each other and the stories that you wanted to tell. For sure. And, um, and I think that shows through. Yeah. So God. yeah, Yay. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm super grateful a that 
you know, getting to know you a little bit gave me the impetus to finally watch Yay! the show. I'm so glad. Huzzah! I'm Huzzah! That's, I think, my one my one con- contribution always and ever to any friendship that I have is like, so hello, my name is Megan <laughs> Fitzmartin. Have you watched Supernatural? Why have you not yet? Um, what a what a great what a great introduction <laughs> though. <laughs> um and that's also a good way I feel like to weed out the people that you don't want to be your friends oh, because if quickly, they don't yeah they will they yeah. will not be a part of my life if they're like no thank you. I would like not yeah. this. I'm like okay well yeah. it is it is like 40% of my conversation topics. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry to tell you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I love it and I'm so, I'm so glad and I'm, and I'm like excited to, to go back and rewatch now, like having, having now that, you know, now that I know, and I might not binge it the way that I binged it um, during quarantine, but, um, it, it's become sort of like a part of my heart and my, um, like my comfort, my comfort media, as I like to call it. It's wild. It's wild how it does that so quickly. It's wild how it's sort of like, it hooks you in and, and it now becomes home in a way that like, yeah, it's, it, it's weird. Like it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. But but I think, but that's a testament to the work that you all did. Um, because if uh, if you hadn't, then I don't think so many people would feel that way. Mm. So what a what a cool thing! What a phenomenon! Yeah, it was cool. I'm very grateful to have been a part of it. It was a very cool experience. I learned a lot. <laughs> I can I can only imagine. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, I I mean I'm totally down to do a part two and and yeah. keep talking about this. But um but this. This was such a delight, such a treat to hear from somebody on the inside. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, an international super Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love it. I love it. But I'm so glad that um, we finally got a chance to talk about it. Yeah. And I, you know, got a chance to share some of my you know, I know this is why we have to do part two, Emma. I have not heard enough of your thoughts. I know, I know. I need to, I need to unpack more, more of my thoughts. Yeah. There's so much. I feel like I need to go back and and rewatch a little bit as well to just like remind myself. Well, maybe of... what we'll do next time is you'll do a pairing for episodes. Like we'll we'll Ooh, do another yes. time, and they're like you pick a couple of episodes specifically that you like. Watch this while drinking this. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Right, love that. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But until then, um, you are, I know that you're doing so many cool things now. Is there anything that you would like to plug to our listeners? Sure. Um, so I, uh, I had a movie that came out with, uh, the, one of the writers for Scooby Natural, Jeremy Adams, (gasps) who is amazing. Um, we wrote a DC movie, um, DC animated movie called Justice Society World War II, um, that is out on DVD and digital and you can buy it anywhere. Um, I also am currently writing, um, a Robin run for uh, Urban Legends. It's uh, Urban Legends issues four, five, and six, where we're doing some really cool stuff with Robin. Um, and Urban Legends four is out right now. Um, and Urban Legends six will come out, or Urban Legends five, excuse me, will come out uh, July twelfth. Um, Amazing. 
And I just did an episode for Passenger List, which is an audio drama with uh, Kelly Marie ah, Tran. So, uh, yes, uh, you know, I keep busy. Everybody should check that out. It's very fun. It's very fun. Yeah. Show. And it has Rob Benedict, actually. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I haven't listened. I haven't listened to the most recent Passenger List. Um, so I'll I'll have to catch up. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it's so good. So so everybody listening, if you haven't listened to it, you gotta listen to it. It's very fun. It's very fun to do. You are you are so cool. I can't believe oh, Yeah. <laughs> I just get bored really easily, is all is like what I tell people. I'm like, I just I just get really bored and then I'm like, Well what if, what if I did my agents are very much like Megan, what if you what if you slept? ever. I'm like, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hear you. I hear you. Um, but it's a, it's a good, it's a good quality to have, but it is important to sleep still. I listen, I I told you earlier before we recorded, I got 10 hours of sleep last night and then I I slept for, I had an hour and a half nap. So I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm really proud of you. Thank you. It was very difficult. (laughs) I worked very hard on it. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was such a treat. Um, I can't wait to keep keep chatting with you Yay! about Supernatural and everything else. Um, and until then, cheers and just thank you for being a part of making this amazing show. Thanks so much. Thanks for watching. It means a lot. Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Sherjarko with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Sherjarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.